Hey, fitness business secrets listeners. Today, we get to talk to Sean Garner. He serves as a fitness advisor for Men's Health Magazine and also a business coach for gyms who wanna get online. If you own a gym and you're still trying to figure out what do I do among this COVID thing, this is a great episode for you. You're gonna find out the counterintuitive thing you have to focus on when moving your gym online. If you're a big gym, you're gonna find out the really big mistake that large gyms make when they try to move online. When you move online, you might wonder what services do I keep and what do I need to add to keep the value? We talk about mistakes to avoid when going online that might lose members and how to offer live classes to deliver the connection and live coaching that clients are seeking. In addition, he shares with us creative ways to turn items at home into fitness equipment. During this time, it's all about trying to figure out how do you deliver value so that you can maintain the same membership and sales even if you're 100% online. So Sean goes over simple ways to make your online membership an even better health and fitness experience. So besides just talking about ways to maintain your current sales membership, in today's episode, we'll even go over ways to increase your sales and membership when your gym is only online. Finally, we're gonna finish with a really interesting case study on how a small boot camp-like studio in a small town in Louisiana added 100 clients at about $100 a pop when they had to move their business 100% online because of COVID. So if you're trying to figure out how to create this amazing online fitness experience, stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Today on the show is Sean Garner. He's a firefighter turned CrossFit gym owner turned personal trainer. He's owned and managed multiple fitness facilities and has been a sought after fitness instructor to high level business executive, entrepreneurs, but also parents. Men's Health Magazine actually named him one of the world's top 50 fitness pros. Sean has actually created his own series of online training programs such as Project Dad Bod, and he serves as a fitness advisor for Men's Health Magazine, where he launched his second DVD with the magazine in 2020. His latest project is Entrefit, where he's a business coach to other fitness coaches, especially gym owners, where he has recently helped them maintain and even grow their sales through an online fitness business model. Hey everyone, so this is Fitness Business Secrets, and I'm Christy, and I'm with Sean Garner from Entrefit. He's going to tell us how to get gyms online, which I personally, when I would think about it for my gym, I thought of so many obstacles because you have so many moving parts, it feels. And then we're also going to go over his three-step framework to getting your business online successfully. So Sean, how are you doing today? I am awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity to hang out with you guys today. Hopefully... It's, uh, it's valuable and it, it's not just looking at my goofy face all day and we get something good out of this thing. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for being on the show. So I'm going to just jump right into it. I had, a, I had a gym. We had people used to gathering and that seemed like a lot of people to shift their mind to something and to an online business. 
and there's so many ways to do it. How would you, what are the steps for a gym that has been operating perfectly fine physically? How would they even start to get online? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So with all of this, like you can go literally like a thousand different ways and it doesn't matter if you are a brick and mortar facility, you're an independent trainer or group fitness instructor, whatever you are, what I always tell everybody, and this applies honestly, not just to fitness businesses, but to any business that you have, you always need to, or should start with your who, like who's your target. You, you might hear this as your avatar, your target client, dream customer, dream client, all those different ways are interchangeable. But if you don't focus on the who and think about that aspect first, and you start creating all these other things, it's going to lead to problems in the future. And the ones that are the most successful are the ones that start with their who. So thankfully with a brick and mortar gym owning facility, it's actually really, really simple because your who is already there. It's your current and existing members. That's whenever you do go online, you can start reaching out and appealing to more people, which is awesome. But whenever you first start out with a brick and mortar facility, you're kind of at a huge advantage because you already have a, an existing client database. You already have some existing demographics and psychographics. People know your instructor, so you don't have to build up a trust factor or anything like that. So knowing that you've got the who figured out, you, again, everything always comes back to them. So you've got your who, now you have to think about, well, what best serves that who? So every facility, like we know this, like every gym and facility can be set up a thousand different ways. Also, you can have a full service facility where people come in there, primarily they're working on their own. Maybe they do some PT and some group fitness. It could be more like a boutique class-based thing, like an orange theory or a, a berries type of a setup where they have like a proprietary class where maybe you have to have certain equipment or anything to go through. It could be yoga studios. Like there's so many different ways to do that. So there's not like a one size fits all right way to do fitness online for a brick and mortar. The, the right way to do it is the way that serves your customer. So whenever you know who you're going to serve, which is your existing clients, then you have to find out what would best serve them. So depending on how your facility is set up and structured, was it primarily PT based? Was it more like gold's gym where it's primarily low ticket membership type cells? Is it class-based? that's going to kind of start to shape what your initial offer should be that you position out to these members. Because if they're used to, for example, if they're used to high energy classes, like a berry is like an orange theory type of a thing. And then now you're going to send them like a PDF and like, Hey, just follow this program on your own. It's going to flop. It's not going to work because they're there at that facility. Not because probably their programming is awesome, but because they're connecting with that instructor. So if you don't set your online training offer in a way that still enables them to do that digitally, it's going to flop. So the first thing you have to do is, like I said, start with your who, and then you start shaping and creating your offer based around that who. If you are a larger facility, like a full service facility where you have regular memberships, PT, group fitness, and all those extra services as well, one mistake I do see with that is they try to do everything at once, especially six months ago, whenever this whole pandemic started going on and gyms were having to be forced to close down and, and figure this whole online thing out. They wanted to do everything, right? We had to talk with them and work with them. Like, guys, you literally spent years building out all of these offers in your current facility. You just can't come to the marketplace now with doing that, especially if you're brand new to the digital world. So know your who, find out what's the biggest bang for your buck and what's going to appeal to the most amount of people and then start positioning and creating an offer that's going to speak to and add value to those people first. Okay, that's great. Could you give me a case study? Because I imagine that most people, instead of starting with the who or 
they'll start with what they've been doing and just try to replicate that online. So let's say maybe the gym that I used to own had personal training and classes. So maybe they'll just jump online and do the exact same thing, group classes, some personal training. Is that the right approach to just basically try to do the same thing online? Yes. What I'll say this is what you do shouldn't change. It's how you do it. Like at the end of the day, listen, you're still a coach. You're either delivering these workouts in a one-on-one setting. It's a group fitness setting or members. You create this really cool environment experience where members just want to come in there and train on their own. So if you still have that, you need to take that same what that you do, but now how you do it and deliver it is done differently. I been in the industry for over a decade, owned multiple gyms, ran gyms and done all, all, like 90% of my career has been with the in-person. So I, I know that world very well. And I know that a lot of times this online has like a negative thought to it. It's almost like a less than service. And I now have been doing it for several years. I can tell you it's actually a lot harder to do online well than it is in person well. And this is what I mean by that. If you've never, you can wing it and you can kind of almost get away with it a little bit easier online, but to actually be successful and thrive and serve a lot more difficult. Because imagine this, you've never taught or you've have minimal experience teaching somebody how to do a squat. If you program a squat or something like that in your online training, you're just expecting that everybody's going to squat and it's going to be perfect, just like you or the five, 10 people that you've trained in person before. But after you've been in the game for a long time, if you have a new clientele, like what 90% of the faults are going to be with their squat. So before they even start, you know how to set them up, put them in a position to be successful, how to cue them to make sure that they do stay safe, they don't hurt themselves, and they perform the movement correctly. If you've never done that stuff in person and you don't have enough reps in person, going online is going to be a lot more difficult for you because people are going to be just leaving your program, dropping out, getting hurt, getting injured, and you're not going to know why. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to think that online training is broken. Like, no, online training is not broken. You're broken. You don't know how to coach people. So what you do, whether it have been, like you said, that personal training and that group fitness stuff, that shouldn't change, but how you deliver it online should change. So yeah, you can absolutely take it, but I would say you have to maintain the value and the experience. What I see a lot of people do is they try, they think that online is a shortcut because they see, or they compare themselves to these really large brands that have all this dev team and, and tech support people behind them, or these influencers that look like they're making all this money online and they're just snapping selfies on the beach all day. That's not real. Like <laughs> that, that's, that's a facade guys. I'm going to let you know that right now. There is absolutely. And I had the opportunity to work with people that are literally making millions of dollars a year online training, but they have a huge team of people that are helping them to run that business. So what happens is a lot of people see or think that, oh, I'm going to go online. Everything's going to be automated. It's going to scale. It's going to grow itself. And it's gonna be super easy. No. And I saw a lot of these gyms when they put out their offer initially I think, first of all, nobody expected that it was going to happen to the industry, what it did or last this long. So they kind of put out these, I call it like duct tape offers. Like they just, oh, let's slap them together. We're going to be closed for a couple of weeks and then we're going to get right back into it. Well, six months later, a lot of gyms still aren't even opened up. So the gyms that are going to start thriving are the ones that realize like, okay, it can't be a less than service because if you, if you were having this incredible group fitness experience online and now you're doing like 
IG live workouts, man, you're not going to have that dual. Like right now I can look right at your eyes. I can have this dual sided experience and stuff like that with you. If you lose that, you're going to end up losing that member to somebody that did take it a little bit more seriously and tried to maintain that same level of value that they are giving to their clients from the in-person. Mm -hmm. So could you give me examples then? Because I could imagine a gym owner saying to me, well, I'm different. So maybe the CrossFit person, because CrossFit, there's some competition and then there's tons of equipment. There's certain equipment that people don't have. And then maybe the yoga person might say that it's different. And then the Orange Theory person might say, well, I'm a franchise. So I think everyone's saying yes, but. So it sounds like you worked with a lot of different types of studios. Could we do examples of how, let's say having a CrossFit type of gym yeah. moved online? Yeah. Great, great, great question. And this is what I tell everybody. Listen, I'm a super positive, nice guy. This might sound a little harsh, but you're not that special. Everybody <laughs> thinks, no, my gym's super unique. Oh, my members are going to hate going online. I'm sure if you keep telling that to them, they are going to hate going online. And your gym is really not that special. I'm sorry to say that. I'm a huge believer that if you really want to make something happen, you can find a way to take action and make it happen. That statement that you said is true for those individual gyms because of their mindset and their belief. I think a lot of times there's a limiting factor with fitness professionals because they have a preconceived notion or idea of what they think online training is. Cause that's what it was for the first five, 10 years. It was in the industry, right? It was a PDF. Maybe you clicked on YouTube and you got some exercise demo videos and that was online training. There is freaky, crazy technology that's out there, guys, that can, is able to deliver a way better experience than what I see a lot of trainers do in their in-person facilities. So what I would say is do not let your ignorance of the technologies and the services that are out there and available to you be a limiting factor on how you serve your clients. At the end of the day, th this is my huge thing that I always preach. Like, Yes, it's the fitness industry, but you need to know and realize this is a service-based industry. You are here to serve your clients. In the Instagrammable, Insta-famous world, like everybody thinks if they get a social media following now, all of a sudden like some big celebrity or something like that. No, you're a trainer and you're here to serve a certain demographic or a certain audience that you've been called to serve. And if you really truly take that mindset, you will figure it out, right? If you really truly care about your community that you've created with this in-person you'll figure it out and you'll find a way to continue to serve them and, and add value to them in an online space. So that's my quick rant. Now I'll give you a, a, a quick, some, some specific examples of some different types of online training hmm. that I've helped gyms to create. So my opinion right now, more than ever, people need this. They need connection. They need ways to have that interaction with people. So depending on how big your gym is, you have to realize, like I said earlier, doing it online is not a less than service. It's not an easier service. You still got to put in the work. You're still got to bring the energy, if not more than what you normally do. Because when you're on camera, when you're in a class, you might be able to get away with, all right, guys, good job. Cool. Because the music's going, people else are sweating in there. They're seeing the energy. But when it's online, you got to like 10X yourself back. Like, Come on, guys, let's go. You got to like be yourself times 10 because that's the only thing people are saying. They're not seeing their buddy next to them sweating, getting into the workout and stuff like that as well. The music's not like thumping in the room. You lose that part of the experience. So you have to make it up in other ways. So one of the things that I saw a lot of like the CrossFit type facilities do pretty well with is these 
almost like this with, with, there's lots of apps and services that are out there, but something like what we're doing right now, how it's on zoom, how there's both cameras going where you can see your people as you're coaching them. So you can coach what a novel idea. Cause remember, like I said, what you do doesn't change just how you do it. So there's lots of really, really cool services and apps and products that are out there that actually enable you to do something like where you could throw a B-roll video up of an exercise. So say you're doing a squat. We use that as an example. And I hit a button and I change scenes and I bring up a squat video. And then while that squat video is playing, I'm looking at the monitor and I'm coaching people squat. And I'm like, hey, Christy, great job on the squat. Hey, push those knees out. Hey, Brian, make sure you're sitting back a little bit more. And I'm able to coach while the participants watching the squat video. Then I come up here, I hit a button and it comes back to me on the camera. There's a lot of ways that you can still coach and do it. I saw a lot of people just doing, which isn't bad guys. Listen, I'm not slamming anybody, but I want you to know that there is a lot of really cool ways to uh, deliver a good experience and add value to your clients still. So I saw a lot of people just doing like these follow along workouts, like on Instagram live and stuff like that, which that's great because you are giving your members still a way to connect and to get some workout content while they're stuck at home. But you can't let that be your end all, right? Because we know that you should always be seeking out a way to add more value and to truly serve them better. So there's lots of really, really cool things that are out there that enable you to be able to do that. So that's one example. I know a lot of the gyms also, you have to get creative because like you said, a lot of them might not have like using something like CrossFit, right? That's very much known for using rowers, skiers, bikes. You got a pull up rig, a squat rig. You got bar barbells, you got uh, ropes to climb, you jump ropes, all this stuff that right. most people don't have in their little tiny apartment or condo or wherever they're living at. So this is what, challenges you as a coach. Like, like I said earlier, being an online trainer is not a less than or easier service. It's more difficult. Guys, you're a coach, figure it out. Like if you really want to try and serve these people, there's tons of creative solutions that you can do. I saw one facility where they were actually leasing out their equipment to members so they could come and they could get with their membership. Everybody you could take home like a kettlebell or a pair of dumbbells or something like that. You could check equipment in and out or you could just take one piece of equipment, hold it till the gym opens back up. I saw another gym put out guides and training materials where they showed you how to take everyday equipment in your home and turn it into home gym equipment. So like load a backpack up with soup cans, books, and create like a little sandbag type setup. Use a towel on a wood floor or tile floor. So now you got a slide board, use paper plates on carpet. So you can do that. Creative ways to find to build your home gym in, in your home and turn your home into your own facility and everything. So if people were to have a bad experience with online training, it's not the client's fault. It's not technology's fault. I would put the ownership on the coach for not taking initiative and trying to see how they could better serve their clients. Hmm. Okay. Would you say, let's say percentage wise then, because it sounds like a lot of examples you're giving me are of gyms, which usually has some type of live experience, class gyms. CrossFit gyms, boutiques, studio gyms, it, it sounds like they're really just doing an online experience where they do a class where people can see each other through a Zoom. Would you say that's 90% of what you saw for, for anybody that was doing class-based programming? Yeah, I would say that that's a majority of the thing is they're trying to still preserve and create that class experience mm. um, for those class-based members. Mm -hmm. um, because listen, there's so much change and uncertainty with the world. Let's not throw something new at somebody right now. Let's try and give them as much a normalcy as possible. So yeah, I, I would definitely encourage like, if you've been doing classes now, all of a sudden don't start sending programs to people unless they ask for that, because that's again, 
comes back to what serves and adds the most value to your clients. They're wanting yeah. some type of normalcy. You, you don't realize like, first of all, I'm a huge believer of what we do as fitness professionals is so much more than sets and reps. That for you, it might be a workout program or a hit class, but for that person, that might be the only 45 minutes of normalcy that they've gotten in the past several months. Yeah. So bring the energy and bring the fire and find a way to make it as awesome as possible. Like I said, there's so many different ways out there to improve your content, find a way to best serve those people. And, and that's whenever you get into what I always call the other side of fitness. It's not the sets and reps. It's not your cool exercise that you came up with. It's finding a way to connect with that person and serve to them and add value that's going to truly change their life. Okay. So let's say, I think that's a very clear idea that maybe some gyms have started. Would you say that you've seen most gyms charge about the same price. Let's say they're closed and now they're offering this. Is Do they charge the same membership, almost like not even changing the reoccurring billing that's happening? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> the one, the ones that, that I think did it right and whose businesses probably aren't shutting down right now and they're not scrambling for cash are the ones that realized what you do didn't change just how you do it. So yeah, the gyms that had this awesome class-based experience and now they're just gonna send people pre-recorded videos and some PDFs, yeah, they probably felt bad charging the same amount of money as their normal memberships. The clients that, that I uh, worked with that I got early, they didn't stop their auto billing because what we did is we did realize, yes, the experience and the, the value, some of it has lost in other areas by having that in-person touch and experience. So, right? so if we wanna maintain the value, what other things can we add to increase the value to make it the exact same thing, right? So first of all, what, what you need to realize is online training in a lot of ways is actually more valuable to your members. You can't take away the experience of being there with somebody one-on-one -on -one from an experience and for teaching them the art of or the skills of fitness exercises. But going back to what I said earlier about truly serving your clients, sometimes it's actually better to serve them when it's best and most convenient for them. So yes, the art and act of teaching exercises can be done better in person right now with technology, but sometimes to truly serve people, it's actually done better online. And that's actually what we found out a lot of the studios that we are working with, their members actually were at first were kind of like hesitant about doing it. They said, you know what? I actually like doing this online thing better because it's a convenient. You guys have more class times. I don't have to drive. I don't have to travel. I'm not wasting time in the car. I don't have to sit in traffic. If I miss the class or I'm late, I can watch the replay on demand and they're being served. Oftentimes we take what we think the client wants and we try to shove it down their throat and we don't realize that they're there typically for something completely different than uh, what we really think they're there for. So that's, that's what I would say about that is you're going to have a, a great, if you truly serve them, the online proponent might be the exact thing that they were looking for. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's definitely benefits. And then also maybe some people for some of them, there's some drawbacks. I'm wondering for the clients that you worked with, you said that you offered more, a little bit more of something else because yeah, 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 absolutely. was yeah. there anything like they added like a really useful Facebook group. Was there anything substantial or even unique that they added that really helped people feel like this was worth, this was the same value to them? 
Great question. So sorry, I forgot all about that. I got so excited. So yeah, remember the majority of, if you think about how 90% of the gyms are set up and let's just use like the boutique class-based model or something like that. People are coming in, they're doing a workout class. Maybe they can work out on their own. They'll grab a smoothie on their way out and they leave, right? Like that's how most gyms are set up. If you want nutrition, yeah, we can work with a personal trainer. Maybe we have nutrition service or a challenge that we offer. And that's kind of something separate with your membership. So what we had some of the gyms do, which was awesome is set up a true online experience. What I was doing with the clients that I was working with is I told them we need to be that one hour of a day in people's life that returns some type of positive normalcy. Like, man, flip on the news, social media, everything. It's so negative and depressing. You guys become that one hour of their day that they look forward to. So what we made sure that we did with these facilities we were working with is they became the one-stop shop for everything. Like that was the resource for everything. So we did, a lot of them did end up creating uh, private community groups in Facebook, or if they had a backend membership site that they created those things in, they were going live in that group every single day because listen, man, a lot of these people are stuck in their home. They just want somebody to talk to. I love my kids to death. I've got three kids and my wife, but sometimes like man, we, my wife and I, we just need to talk to some adults. We're stuck in this house. This might be the only time that, that we get that. So, so that was great. And, and what they did is they, the one, the clients that I was working with is they realized and they delivered more than fitness. So they weren't just creating these workout programs that were awesome group fitness experiences, but then, okay, well, what's the other 90% look like. So what they would do is every week, their, their week would be set up almost like a, a thing about like a television network block. So they have their workout classes several times a day, set up their schedule and everything. But then one day might be a live Q and a with one of the personal trainers. So the personal trainer is going to come on there and they're going to answer their top fitness questions and stuff like that. One of them, they might bring a nutritionist in. So the nutritionist is going to answer. So also uh, Tuesday might be the nutrition talk. A couple of the facilities actually had psychiatrists as members and they offered to do just like not necessarily counseling but just talking to people and helping them work through some of this mental stress and everything that they're going through so so that was a really cool value add service and people love that there's this one guy with one of the facilities and he would log on at like 8 p.m each night and he would do a five minute dad joke set and it was just like something stupid. He would get on there for five minutes. He was one of the trainers and he would just tell dad jokes for five minutes. Listen, if people need some humor right now, and they, that was like one of the most popular things. It was, oh man, I love it when Joe goes on there. His jokes are so funny and cheesy. Little things like that. Like thinking about, like we started this whole conversation on your who and how can you truly serve them? So when you have a servant's heart, you need to think about that who and those people that you're called to serve and your job as a, for me, as what I determine a successful coach is you obsess about that person so much to where you're thinking about all the different ways that you can add value and to serve them. We had one of the, one of the other facilities, they had one of their trainers start doing kids programming. It was just like jumping around in circles and playing games. Like, man, give the kids some entertainment and some movement for a little bit because they're confined in here. The, the success and the creativity are at, and your ability to serve comes 100% down to your own personal creativity. If you truly mm -hmm. want to serve people, you can find a way to add value to them and truly serve them. Find out what their needs are and meet their needs. That's service. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of these add-ons then would be just an additional sense of community since they don't have the smoothie bar now to kind of chat at or after class. And I think that's really interesting, but I'm wondering how that 
is probably really great for people who had initially in-person connections. And so regarding gyms who just also want to think because they're investing in these new operations to be online, and they're probably thinking, well, now that we're here, it'd be great if we can actually add clients. And I wonder if that experience is different because now you have clients coming in who didn't have that in person. Oh, we used to do that class together. So have you found that your clients are able to effectively attract new clients through the same system? Yes, because here's a beautiful thing. And this is where, I don't know if I said this or before we were talking, like gyms very much have the advantage of whenever they go online because they have an established customer list. And most important, one of the most successful things that you can have online, not a social media following or anything like that, is a lead database of email addresses and phone numbers. So if you think about the reason why most people will leave a gym is something to do with a price, they got bored, or um, they moved, right? So now those people are moving, they're gone, but you still have their contact information. This is the one thing that you should realize is people love doing community, right? We see that there's community groups all, all, all over the place online, but what they really like doing is community with people that they know and they've done community with before. So it's so much more fun and interactive and engaging if you're doing a live online workout with people from your city versus people from all over the world, right? You're like, oh man, that person, they're just down the street from me. You feel more connected to them. They like to do community with who they do community with. So we had one of our facilities that we worked with, she had a really small boutique gym in Louisiana and she was able to add a hundred, I think it was like 120 new clients back into her online virtual gym that she created because they were past clients that had left and moved or canceled their membership, but they were stuck in their home. They're, they knew they needed to move because they're not moving anymore. And they wanted to do community with somebody that they already knew and trusted and that they had done it with before. So she was able actually to capture, it's like, I know it was over a hundred. I want to say it was around 120 of her clients back in to this online virtual gym that we helped her create create because that's what they're looking for. They want community with people they know. The most difficult thing with your online business is getting people to know, like, and trust you. If you already have that list, man, put an offer in that serves them and you'll get customers. It's, it's not really that difficult. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just curious on that example, because I think that small studio speaks to a lot of customers. Could you tell me about how much she was charging offline and then what type of, what was her model? What type of classes did she do? And what was her target customer? Yeah, it was a small, like really small facility. I don't remember exactly like the size of the community that it was in, but it's a very, very small. It's not like in a major city or anything like that. She was doing uh, small group fitness classes. So she would have anywhere from 12 to 15 people in a class. And the membership ranges were anywhere from, I think, 90 to $120 a month based upon how they were set up. She didn't change the price. The price is still the same. It's still the exact same offer because what she did didn't change just how she delivered it, right? They went from having to be inconvenienced from driving to a class time that maybe didn't really truly fit their best schedule, doing the class and having to drive back home. So they're losing all that time to now they open up the phone. They can do their workout right there from their living room. Her in particular, one of the things that she did is she would do like a Thursday night, uh, ladies night. And like a bunch of the ladies would get together in a community group, uh, sip some wine and just laugh and just connect like that from her facility. So yeah, again, I think that so many, this is what holds a lot of fitness professionals back. And this could be, I guess, like another, another whole topic in conversation is just the mindset thing and self-worth. A lot of fitness professionals don't 
make what they're worth. And it's because they don't charge what they're worth because they might say that they think that they're worth more, but they really truly don't believe it. I mean, you can tell that even more so whenever they go online because just how they view themselves. They're like, oh, well, you know, I struggle to get $60 a session for personal training. And so, well, if this online training program is only going to cost me two hours a month, that's only $120. So that's all I should charge for that. No, you're not worth your time. You're worth the value of the problem that you're able to solve. If you bring incredible results, people will pay for it. Mm -hmm. So typically it comes down to a self-confidence issue of the trainers not actually believing that they can actually get the results that they're looking for. Because if you knew, if you hire me in eight weeks, I'm going to completely transform and change your life. You're going to be a mentally completely different new person. Your body's going to feel better than whatever you've ever felt before. You're going to be sleeping better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to start feeling confident in the way that you look. If you knew that you could deliver on that result, you would charge whatever you want. The problem is, is you really don't because you know just like we all do. It does obviously take the client to, to buy in and do that. And so it's your ability to coach that person to get those results and everything. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end dot C-O. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.